The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. I'm Brett McKay. Jerseys remain an OHS requirement in Super Rugby Pacific, and the first Greek week of the URC Finals has seen seventh knockover second. A place for the biggest and best rugby discussion is the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. Just absolutely amazing to have Lester Bound, former Wallabies assistant, Brumbies coach Dan McKellar on the pod last week. Uh, I'll come back to the extraordinary response for last week's chat in a moment, but if you've not listened to it yet, absolutely add it to your podcast queue after this episode uh, that you're about to start. You certainly will not be disappointed. Um, and joining me once again this and every week, the man left flying the Stormers flag as the sole South African team remaining in the URC after their quarterfinal win over the Bulls in Cape Town. Harry Jones. Hello, mate. How are you? How's it, Brett? Uh, it was Derby Day this weekend. Yes. We had the 150th playing of Bishops versus Tax, which pits Percy Montgomery versus Robbie Fleck. You're old like school, two, isn't it? Two naughty schoolboys out there in the halftime. Uh, Connacht knocked over... Um, Ulster, number two. Ulster, yeah. Um, as you said, Stormers rolled over the Bulls, stampeded them, um, sent them back to Pamplona. And then your um, your favorite Waratahs, more Taws, please, uh, rolled over the Reds. I thought that was uh, <laughs> really fun tars. to watch. The bitter yeah. rivalries, the Derby. I think rugby is all about that. And whatever comp you have to devise and try to figure out, you have to have the rivalries. You have yeah. to have the ones just down the road, the ones you want to beat, you know, your brothers. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. That's why it's it's as you're right. That's why we love the game. That's absolutely why we love the game. I mentioned the Dan McKellar pod last week. In five days, mate, and I can't get over this. In five days, it became a most listened to episode in 2023. Um, it's currently only about a hundred downloads off being our most listened to episode ever. It's just quite unbelievable the response we got to it. We jumped 130 places on the Great Britain charts into the top 10 of their rugby pods. We were in the top 10 in the US, Australia, New Zealand, Ireland, South Africa, Singapore, Fiji, and we debuted at number one in Spain. Nice. How do Spanish? Uh, yeah, so I, have, I have provisionally improved a travel to Welford Road based on this uh, reaction. My, my have new you? friends, the Tigers, yeah. Are you uh, coming via Canberra to pick me up, please? <laughs> I'm catching the tail of the Tiger. Let's go. Yeah, good day. Good uh Hit me with a hero, mate. My hero. So I never know which one it is. I forget the hero zero, but uh, <laughs> I, I picked one that was both. I had our friend, the beautiful, the elegant, the composed, the uh, loquacious and amazing social networker, Sarah Naikama, doing a sideline interview, which is always awkward, really. Actually. Yeah. It's kind of nothing burgers. Um, she's talking to Lalakai Fokeri. And his first entry on the pod, you know, to talk to Sarah, who's this, you know, six foot two, white pants wearing, he blows snot on the ground and doesn't do it very well. He doesn't get that good air pocket and like smash it out like a good cricketer like you. It's like hanging and uh, she no, has to do was, a sidestep. She has to goose step yeah. his snot. Horrible. It was all kinds of wrong. It was all kinds of Sarah wrong. is great. Yeah, we love she her. She is great. Yep. Sarah, Sarah Nagama, friend of the pod. Uh, the zero of the week. I'll put it to you, and this could be timely with who we're about to talk to, is um, is New Zealand referee James Dolman, who stopped a clear Brumbies try-scoring opportunity on half-time down in Melbourne on the weekend. A great dummy and a line break, and he pulled it up, all because Lockie Lonigan wasn't wearing a jersey. I think he pulled him up because he was not looking very, I don't know, he just didn't look, <laughs> he didn't look he, ready for prime right. time. He was, he was pulling it up because 
Nos needs some more sun. That's what he needs. <laughs> <laughs> Not getting much sun down in Canberra at the moment. There's snow on the mountains around us. Um, but, mate, I can't wait to get into the chat with this week's guest. It's a chat that we've wanted to have since the very early days of the pod and which and one which we'll get out of, out of this as much as everyone listening will. So, um, everyone, just get ready to be informed. The Raw Rugby Podcast. We go to a secret location this week, which may or may not be the prototype for what may or may not be the top secret Rugby World Cup bunker, somewhere we definitely can't reveal its location, but is almost certainly in a cave in the French <laughs> Alps somewhere. But wherever he is, it's a very warm welcome onto the Royal Rugby Podcast to the first Australian referee to reach 100 Super Rugby games just a few weeks ago. Angus Gardner, welcome to the podcast. Gosh. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. And um, look, really excited to, to have a chat to you guys tonight. And gee, if I could beat Dan on the charts, that'd be, that'd be something. But, um, <laughs> oh, that'd be something. You know, that will I, be something. I'd be, I'd be thrilled, but we'll see how we go, eh? Dan sent me a text last week saying, oh, I thought you might have had me on the same week as Gus, <laughs> which might <laughs> well, have been we funny. We could have shared a few stories over the, over the history we've had together, so that might have yes. been pretty funny. No doubt. No doubt. Now, you hold up in this secret location because you're – Awaiting news of Rugby World Cup referees appointments, aren't you? Is it, this is is this nervous times for you? Yeah, look, it is. It's, it's nervous probably for all the refs around the world. They're, they're, the selectors have met in Dubai, uh, the World Rugby selectors. So all, all the referees are, are waiting for that um, that that phone call to say whether yay or nay on the plane or not. So yeah, it's <laughs> um it's exciting, but also quite nervous as well because yeah, no um, doubt. You know, there's a lot of anticipation towards uh, towards France, and we've been building as a group for for the last four years. So, yeah, um, you know, we're kind of reaching the reaching the you know the big spot at the end now. Yeah, we when we originally spoke to to line this up, we because it was supposed to be over the weekend. Was you you, you thought you might have heard by now? So you're yeah. expecting to hear in the in the coming days. Almost imminently, they might call me while I'm on the podcast. I'm going to admit, I've got I've got a tab open here. That I'm going to refresh a few times just in case. If you We've never actually had breaking pod, news. Yeah, if you want to be down on the downloads, just do a, have a horrible reaction to it. Either way, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Could be great. Could be great. Fall off the back well, of my seat. That's it. That's it. Uh, the first question we we start the same place every week. Angus, and it's simply to ask you what stood out for you on the weekend, and you probably had as good a view of any wacky moment on the weekend. Yeah, look, um, there was a few. I mean, I, I think you mentioned it before. I mean, Lachlan Lonigan running down the, the field with no with no shirt. I mean, that that yeah. has to take the cake, right? Um, I, I, I love that he tried to he tried to throw the he tried to throw the dummy and realised yeah. he couldn't, and then had the composure to get his ball hand free and get the jersey off, and then. Take a sidestep and make a line break. Mate, I don't think you could even practice that in training. That was phenomenal. <laughs> Look, judging by the fact that he was as wide as the ball, um, he's <laughs> definitely not tra- practicing that at training. <laughs> that was really interesting. Yeah. Well, on that topic, and this was a quick we, – we, we told you from the outset we weren't going to go into why would you make this decision, why would you make yeah, this decision. No, but, of course. But what, is, but what is the thinking there? Is it a, Are we right in thinking it's a maybe a, a safety thing that you've got, you have to be wearing your jersey? Yeah, and just the spirit of the game. So, yeah. so probably both those two hand in hand. Just you know, the ability to be able to make a tackle on him and and safety and and just the spirit of the game more yeah. than anything. Um, mate, I remember I had a game once where the guy's jersey got wrapped around the ball and he tried to pass the ball and the jersey went with the ball and then oh. that went to the ten and then they kept passing it along that. the line and 
we had to call it up and try and untangle the ball out of the jersey. So that was, uh, that was a bit of a hoot. That's fantastic. Harry, what did yeah. you see on the weekend? Oh, because of this part, I was really looking at referees very closely. And, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm fascinated by Jaco Piper because I think he could do like a Inspector Clouseau remake with Jaco Piper. <laughs> I mean, he has so many like bad accents. So I know you've noticed that he became Irish for a while in the game. Well, he did. Like, Referring the, the Bulls, the blow Bulls. And, you know, he, he put on this incredible Bulls accent to make sure he was understood. And it was just making me giggle. He was like... <laughs> It's time for rocks, guys. Don't pick up the leg, guys. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Uh, I love that. I love that. I love that. Yako's got a hybrid accent going. Yeah, and he's very so. chatty during games. Like he, he actually mm. has like long conversations with a guy. Like, no, you were good there. You were good there. You were good there until you, then you went bad. You know, you were yeah. good. You were good. Yeah, you're right. You, you were, were fine. Right up until the point where you were. And you went bad. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly yeah. right. That's an oldie, but a goodie. That one. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to um, I've got to point to a couple of absolute try of the year contenders. Um, we saw George Dyer, uh, the, the the Chiefs' loose head prop, finishing off an absolute special. It started in their own half uh, against the Highlands on Friday night, and then then Lalakai Fakedi running away to the left edge for the Waratahs in a, to finish a cracking try against Queensland as well in in Townsville. So, in, within sort of 24, 36 hours, had a couple of brilliant tries, which will. Uh, <coughs> He has a great nose for the tie line, that's for sure. He does. He's become a really good finisher. You're right. You're <laughs> right. I know, and I know what you're saying there. <laughs> Not lost on me. Very, very good. Just back on the uh, the Rugby World Cup appointments, Angus, what, what will it mean if you if you do get this text message during the pod to say you're in? Well, what's it? obviously been working for it for, for a long time. It'll be your third World Cup, second? Yeah, third, third World Cup. Third yep. World Cup. Yep. Um, yeah, look, I mean, obviously for us, like the players, you know, the, the Rugby World Cup's the pinnacle for us um, and it's just such a special environment and, and certainly, you know, it's 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 really challenging. I mean, you know, I think um, teams would say the same. Being in a tournament is, is very different from playing a one-off test or doing a one-off yeah. game. So it brings with it a whole bunch of different challenges as well. Um, plus you get the microcosm of... Yeah. You know that that hosting city, and and everyone just descends on on uh, you know is going to descend on on France. So, you know the 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 microscopes will be out, and the scrutiny will be out, <laughs> and the um, the pundits will be out. So yeah, it's it it shapes to be a really fascinating yeah. tournament. I think you mentioned before that you, you've been building up to it as a team for the last four years. There's yeah. obviously been progress meetings and things like that along the way. Have you have you got an idea of where you stand? Um, look, I, I guess you can really only just kind of judge where you sit by the appointments that you that you, you, you yeah. have, um, window to window. So World Rugby appoint, obviously, you've got the four international windows, you've got six nations, then yeah. you've got the July window, then you've got rugby championship, and then you've got the spring tour or November window. So World Rugby tend to appoint on a window by window basis, and generally it's, it's form based, based off how well you did in that previous window. Um, we generally always have a camp at the start of the window as a referee team where we kind of all meet in a central location. Um, we met in Dubai, had a great camp in Dubai about 12 months ago, which really kind of set up this last 12 months for us. Um, and we did a whole bunch of kind of fitness testing, law exams, uh, calibration exercises wow. so that, you know, when people say to us, um, you know, I see difference from the Northern Hemisphere guys to the Southern mm. Hemisphere guys. That's what we're trying to calibrate as a group around 
um, at decision making, particularly those high impact moments um, and and the big foul play moments that that people talk about. Yeah. So yeah. so in a camp environment like that, I mean, you're obviously not going to you're not going to run live high tackles. But have you got scrums packing in front of you? Have you, have you got like is is there actual practical experience yeah look we, we have done that before definitely yeah. we're, we've we've been at camps where we've got two front rows in um and we've looked at you know changing angles and dynamics and how that affects scrums and getting them to change their angle and see how that affects us so yeah we, we have definitely over the past um explored all those things we've also done it where we do a heap of role play um in in the camp around those foul play moments um mm. trying to work out you know, under a pressure situation, who's saying what, whose who's role it is there. Um, yeah, so we, we explore all oh, that stuff. As in TMO and AR roles. TMO, AR roles, yeah, how right. we challenge each other. Because um, inevitably the, the, the hardest thing for us is when you have a foul play moment, it goes up on the screen, you, 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 the, the spotlight's on you. And yes. so you're just looking at the screen trying to make a massive call. And sometimes you can just lose a little bit of perspective around what's happening. So you need yeah. to trust the guys uh, to come in and say, mate, listen, you're not on the right path there or have you considered this or you might not yeah. have seen that. So yeah. that's, 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 that's fascinating. I, I know yeah. we don't see it as much, but I think it was, was it last year, the year before there was maybe for the half, half first half of the super rugby season, it seemed to be that there was, referee teams going to games. So you take the same ARs and the same TMO to this game in Perth and this game in Christchurch and this game in Sydney. And and you, you all did three or four or five games together. It should, do you need to have more of that to build those sort of combinations? Look, I, I think the pod system definitely has its merits because you can build with a group each week. And so yeah. then they get to know you and you get to know them and you know what works. Um, so I, in an ideal world, sure, you'd travel with the same pod throughout the whole season and you'd just work together. Challenge is, is geographically, you yeah. know, you're going to South Africa and then on to Argentina and then, you know, to Chile or whatever. So you have to be flexible enough and adaptable mm. enough to work with different referees across across that. Um, I mean, at the moment, we've got some pod systems working in, in Super Rugby. The Kiwi refs are trialling working with a pod system. Yeah, at the moment. So that seems to be working pretty well. Yeah, right. Harry, just while we're going here, can you just quickly look up and make sure Angus hasn't got Spain against Portugal or something like that coming up soon <laughs> so we can try and work out where he's up to? Yeah, sounds good. I also <laughs> wanted to volunteer as the as that like mock trial thing. I'd love to be Peter Armani. I could play the part of Peter Armani <laughs> and just see no, how you handle you, sledging. You wish you could. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I'll tell you what, we need, we need some we need some players that, you know, are able to kind of ask good questions and really challenge us because mate, we, we, we come up against good players like Pete and, um, and you know, he asks good questions and, and rightly so challenges our, our thinking, which is, which is important for the game. Yeah, yeah I was right. thinking, so I, I've been looking at these refs and, uh, and Gus, it looks like to me there's four types. There's the ex-player bro, there's the, tech, the teacher coach, there's the principal <laughs> headmaster, and there's the chef trying to create that Michelin star match. I won't tell you who, which one that is, but you know who it is. Um, but I think you're carving out, you're carving out something else. And I've, I've watched you for a while now and in my WhatsApp group, I've been, I've been pinning the different statements you make. And at scrum time, this is you. I trust you. You've been doing so well. He wants you closer. You're too close to him. Patience, keep the patience. Show me the space, keep it up. That sounds like couples therapy. I don't know, but I think you're doing some ther scrum therapy. 
the scrum whisperer. Oh, look, <laughs> Harry, great, great quotes. Um, look, I'd love to actually pull it. I'd love to have a day where the scrums aren't behaving and just to pull out the front rows and say, look, I'll just take a time off. You guys work it out. When you're ready to come back and scrum, you let me know. And I'm happy to facilitate the therapy yeah. between the two front rows and, and you just get back to me whenever you're ready. So yeah. love to do yeah, that. Right. Yeah. So, so so what goes into your average front row chat before a game? Because we hear you through a game say, guys, we spoke about this before the game. Yep. So what did you actually speak about? Um, look, I, I tend to keep it pretty simple before the game. I generally ask the teams when I walk in the sheds, I'm like, guys, is there anything that's you know of concern tonight before I yeah. start off? I, I like to I like to get their thoughts first because often uh, it's quite telling. Like the, you know, it's, I find it easier if they get out what they need to talk about yeah. first before I then jump in. Um, so I find that works, and then I just keep it as a as a really simple message o- on the bind. Uh, I want to see a gap, and I want to see you supporting your weight, uh, and on the hit, hit and hold, um, and wait till the ball comes in. So that, that's pretty much it. Yeah, right. I, I just figure, boys, that at the front row, like they're in game zone, I'm in game zone. They probably don't even want me in there. So I'm just kind of in and out <laughs> yeah. as quickly as possible. If they've got questions, that's the most important thing for them that, I, you know, f- for me that I answer their questions and then I'm I'm in and out. So, yeah. Um, but, it, but, you know, sometimes it's a little bit awkward. You know, you're walking into their, their space, <laughs> their change yeah. rooms. Um, you know, like it's... <laughs> You know, it's like someone just wandering into your house and telling you what to do, you know? <laughs> yeah, and particularly if you'd blown a few against them three weeks beforehand, they were going, here he goes, here he comes again. What's he going to say this time? Yeah, well, look, I remember my one of my first Super Rugby games was Blues-Lions at Eden Park, and I think it was maybe my second Super Rugby game. And the Blues had an incredible front row. Kevin Mialamu, Tony Woodcock... Uh, Ali Williams, oh, mate. Yeah. They pretty much had the All Blacks front row. I'd done mm. two Super Rugby games. I was absolute. Oh, mate, I was so <laughs> nervous. I, th- I think I just bumbled my way through. Um, I'm sure I didn't get off, give off a very confident impression. Um, so, so yeah, teams right. are fascinated by um, by referee tendencies, right? There's a lot of study around them, especially at national level. How far has a team gone to know your preferences? I was thinking, like. <laughs> They should research your uh, playlist, your musical, because what if a stadium, <laughs> a stadium DJ could play the songs that Gus Gardner loves the most, <laughs> and you know and the ones he don't like the most, and really you know subliminally get into? And do you have a relative named Caroline, and is she sweet? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Mate, to, to be fair, there was there was one team, and I won't name them. Actually, had personality profiles done on all the referees. You pretty much oh walk my. in the change room, and they gave you your disc profile as you were walking in, and uh, and basically were like, "Look, we know, we know you probably better than you know yourself." So, um, yeah, you know, right. We're, did it, we're, did it sound we're, right? We're, we're kind of, we're kind of coming for you today. Yeah, did it sound correct? Did you did it feel yeah, like? Yeah, it was spot on, spot on. Yeah, <laughs> spot on. Anally, anally retentive, pedantic. No, 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 kidding. Excellent, all of that. So, yeah. so does it go the other way? Do do you do you in your preps do the same sort of profiling on a team or on a, on a scrum or how how a team behaves at the breakdown that as they would do on you, no doubt. Yeah, look, that's definitely part of our pre-game prep like we we would definitely look at the two teams that we're going to referee and we'd be really aware about kind of their dna how they want to play the game um what they might like to do at the scrum what they might like to do line out to mall 
um, any kind of trick plays they might have, you know, awareness around does the halfback like to go quick? Does he like to have the quick tap opportunity? And, and not so much to have it as a preconceived idea, but just more to be aware yeah. around kind of how that team might like to go about it. And, of course, at the end of the day, when you get out there, you just have to ref what's in front of you. But having that little bit of awareness around being able to kind of connect into how they might like to play really kind of helps you um, kind of get into the game, if that makes sense. Yeah, that yeah, absolutely makes sense. Yeah, and you get into a lot of good positions. I was watching you on the weekend, and you really um, you get down low, you're coming around, you start to circle around. It looks like to me, referees are a lot more fit nowadays. Um, I was joking with you before the pod about Yako Piper because he's my favorite guy to joke about. But he was out there <laughs> doing sidesteps and frog jumps and side to side. I saw Ben O'Keefe doing the same kind of uh, drills um, with the bands, and he was really like sprinting. Um, what kind of uh, fitness do you have to do to be at the top level of refereeing? Yeah, well, I mean, look, the game's just getting faster and faster now. You know, the, the, the teams, the speed of play, um, and obviously the players. And I think, mm. you know, the, the, always the challenge for referees is to have that level of fitness, sure, to be able to run around. But the key element for us is being able to run around and make decisions when we're fatigued and under pressure. Yeah. So, it's the cognitive piece that's the most important, to be fair, with the fitness. So you've got to have a great base, obviously, because the more fit you are, the more, I guess, cognitive um, fitness you're going to be able to have. Right. Um, you know, when so, the pressure's on. So, so that's so the main how do you, reason. How can you train for that? Like, can you do you run around doing crosswords or something? Like, like how can yeah. you try and try and train your yeah, mind? Yeah, look, whilst we do. We do. Yeah, do a whole bunch of like purposeful practice, so to speak. So often yeah. my trainer would have me running shuttles and then she'd have an iPad yeah. um, with a great app on there. It's called Lumo City. It's like a cognitive kind of like, and it's yeah. got a whole bunch of different games on there, like speed match, memory, agility training on there, all these little games. And I'll be doing shuttle runs and then she'll call me out and I'll have to plug in one of the games and it gives me a score. And then I'll keep going again. Got to yeah, come out right. and beat that score again. So it's just oh. trying to train those little things while you're under under fatigue. Um, yeah, really, right. really important. Um, I've often done it on a watt bike where you do a watt bike session and you actually sit on the watt bike and put a game on in front of you. And when you're running in the game yeah. or sprinting in the game, you're sprinting on the watt bike. So you're trying to replicate yeah, right. what you can do in a game, maybe on a on a watt bike. Um, and, and kind of get in that decision making yeah. mode. That's yeah. super interesting. So, so no, the, on the back end of the games, then does does that mean that, that the really the really fast, the really intense games, you are just absolutely buggered, just no, completely exhausted mentally and physically? Yeah, shattered. Come off a test match, um, and it's just that whole build up for the week. You know, dealing with. You know, because you've got to deal with obviously travel, getting to the venue, yeah. then your recovery, getting on the time zone, then your prep often the teams want to meet with you or they send clips. So you've got to then analyze the clips that the other teams sent about the other team, you know, work out where your positions, you know, what your position is on, on those. Am I going to referee that or is it a big deal, not a big deal? And you can so say you have to respond to the teams. Um, and then, then of course, kind of manage the emotion around the actual performance as well. So yeah, you come off a test match and you just gaga, absolutely yeah, gaga. Right. Um, and to the point yeah. where it often takes me till two or three o'clock in the morning to actually get a get to sleep because you're just is, so like just wired. Yeah. It's, it's impossible. Um, and are you off. a um, and and are you are you the type to 
put the replay straight back on or, or are you into nah. Netflix or whatever you can get when you get back to the hotel? Yeah, usually just a bit of socialising with the guys is yeah. important just to, to get your mind off it. And then, yeah, a little bit of Netflix if you can't drop off or, you know, usually you're on the other side of the world. So you FaceTime home and speak yeah. to the kids or, or your coach. Um, yeah, but try not to yeah. focus on the game, even though that's hard. It's like players. I'm sure it's like players where it's like, yeah. you know, you've had a game and it's, you're just thinking about your, your decisions and hopefully not where you're stuffed up. But most of the time, that's where your <laughs> mind goes. Yeah, you know, I wish yeah. I'd done that differently. And Naturally. oh, what was I thinking there? Or I yeah. shouldn't have said that. Or yeah, yeah. Do you like your uh, Do you like your assistant referees to chime in on scrum time on the other side and actually tell you um, you know who's being dominant or or that sort of thing during the match? Or do you prefer to wait uh, to make the decision and then you know get a consultation from them later? Yeah, look, I, I like it during the game. I, I just think, you know, at the level which we operate, you just cannot referee the game by yourself. I mean, sure, yeah. the ref's the captain of the team, but you, you, you can't have eyes everywhere. And so, you know, you have to rely on your assistance to, to give you some of that information. And sometimes, Harry, it's really important because, you know, often sometimes as referees, you can get quite tunnel-focused. Yeah. Yeah. And so that ability <laughs> of an assistant to give you that big picture wider view is absolutely critical so um yeah really important. it's very interesting the what you said about the cognitive thing because like you're sprinting to the corner on a try or a contentious try and that's when you got to make a decision about a penalty try or something yep. suddenly you've got to go through this almost logical soliloquy where you say okay i'm taking the player out or the action out does he still score it's almost you know are we, are we happy with this you know wayne barnes does a lot of this are we happy with this everyone happy next yeah, day yep. Uh, and and you've just been in a wind sprint, you know. You've just been emptying yeah. your tank, so uh, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, mate. And, and mate, a lot of the time is like just when you when you get your mug on the screen to go up to the TMO, it's like right, suck it in, you know. <laughs> don't, 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 appear, don't appear like you're blowing. Just put on the straight face. Oh, but then as soon as the camera goes off, you're like, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. We've we've opened up so many Pandora's boxes here. <laughs> this is great already. You, you mentioned the speed of the game already. Um, the the law variations this year around around Super Rugby. How much input did you guys as a refereeing group um, have in that? And and I mean you guys as a group as both Kiwis and the Australians because you're obviously you're obviously looking looking at it from a from a job lot. Yeah. Look, it, it was a really kind of consultative process across. Um, referees, players and coaches and, and administrators. And I think they've done a great job in yeah. getting that consultation piece right. Um, I mean, ultimately, you know, Super Rugby is a product and, you know, we play an important part in that product. And so I guess the consultation piece around us, you know, for us is how does this, how can this work in practicality? And that's the, yeah. the key bit. It's, it, these, these ideas are great, sure, but can they actually work in practicality? Can we... Um, you know, can we work with them a, a, as a referee and actually deliver on them? Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, the, the consultation's been fantastic around that, and, and I think mm -hmm. everyone's really enjoying having the game sped up. Sure, we're have, not, have, have you they... know, sure we're not quite there yet. I don't think, um, but I think it's a great step in the right in the right direction. Have there been some variations there that have actually worked better than you all anticipated? Yeah, I do. I, I think the I think the the thirty seconds at scrum, um, yeah, right, has has actually worked. Um, I I think it's probably been the one that slipped under the radar a bit because we're mm. just finding that teams have to be set 
much quicker yeah. and we get on with it. Um, and so perhaps there's a little bit of fatigue in there. And so we're actually getting uh, the height of the scrum up. We're getting maybe some of the some of the hit taken out because there's a little bit of fatigue in there. Yeah, and so right. then we're just getting on with the game. So I'm, I'm loving the fact that set piece, um, scrums and lineouts are just getting set so much yeah. quicker. You know, there's no huddle mothers meeting before, yeah. you know, with, with the forward pack yeah. before they come in. You've got to come straight in and we get yeah. on with it. And I think that's great. What about what about the the foul play reviews? It seems to me, and, and we've sort of had a few conversations around this, that as soon as you guys can can see that it reaches yellow card threshold, that's it. You get on with it. Is that how, how it's working practically? Yeah, absolutely. Two looks, and and that's pretty much all. Where the, the only question we're asking, Brett, is just doesn't meet yeah. yellow card threshold. Everyone gives their opinion, and away we go. So yeah, it's brilliant. And, brilliant. Yeah. And right. how closely how closely does the uh, what I call the referati? Uh, how, close, how closely do you watch the judiciary decisions, you know, in that week following? Yeah, and does question. it affect you the next time when you're going into the match? Yeah, it's a really good question, Harry. Um, I think, you know, w w always we get asked that question because I think a lot of people think that the judiciary and perhaps the referee, referati, as you say, are, are aligned. But we're actually two separate, you know, yes, two separate right. entities. So. We, we tend to make our decision on the field and then really step step to one side and not not kind of worry too much about what they do. I mean, they, they have their own processes. And I think, you know, the difficulty um, for us is, sure, you'd love it if our decision matched their decision and we were all aligned, but they get 38 camera angles, you yeah, know? Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, we might yeah. get two. And a day and a half. And a day and a half. And as many replays as they want. So. Yeah. You know, it's just not a realistic, you know, comparison, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, it's impossible to ref a perfect match, obviously. You're going to make some mistakes. And I guess it's up to acceptable error rate, you know, in your reviews. You don't want to have 25 material errors. But uh, yeah. is there some understanding in world, ref, in world rugby about what that acceptable error rate and does that go into whether you make the World Cup or not, I guess? Yeah, look, there there is a there is a selection criteria for the World Cup, quite quite a robust one, and it, it it's kind of a, a you know a pie chart, and there's certain you know weightings in in that pie chart around you know fitness and laws, and yeah, definitely your your technical application, um, your game understanding, uh, your game reading. So yeah, every performance for for us certainly at world rugby level is is um, is assessed. Um, and our accuracy is is one part of that uh, yeah. a kind of kind of total performance equation. Um, so yeah, our, our accuracy is certainly um, an important part, uh, as well as how we manage the game. Did we get the key moments right? Um, and then what was that kind of overall picture? Mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely. And, and, you, and yeah, and it does. And if you find yourself getting Spain Portugal the following week, it's a pretty big message, well, isn't you it? No, yeah, pretty much. Well, what what is what is the most remote place you've ever refereed a match? Uh, well, I did my first Test match in Papua New Guinea. Um, oh wow! It was between PNG and Vanuatu, and it was pretty much the first big overseas trip I've had. And I remember getting the appointment, and I was like, "Wow, this is going to be interesting." And, uh, <laughs> I remember landing in Port Moresby, and didn't really know what to expect. Um, anyway, the game gets kind of closer and closer. And, and anyway, we're on the way to the stadium. Arrive at the stadium and the stadium is surrounded by barbed wire. Like 
<laughs> Total barbed wire, razor wire. There are people sitting in the trees, like pretty hostile crowd. I get off. The riot squad is like literally greeting the bus, um, you know, as we get off. Like pretty, pretty. I was like, wow, this is an absolute eye opener. Um, welcome to Test Rugby. Yeah, welcome to Test Rugby. And interestingly, uh, I can't remember the reason, but we had a lo- We had to have a local touch judge. I think one of the refs might have got crook or got injured, and we yeah, didn't have a right. backup assistant referee. So one of the local PNG referees had to be my assistant for the game, and so they kind of pulled this guy, you know, off out of the stands <laughs> and was like, "Hey, can you can you run touch for the test match?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." sure. How anyway, hard could it be, mate? He's found this pair of boots that were literally taped up by gaffer tape, um, <laughs> and mate, no kit. Mate, I think he's in a pair of board shorts and a and a you know a t-shirt. Yeah, so oh, it was an absolute wow. shambles. But yeah, Good very stuff. interesting, very interesting trip. Rugby on the raw. Angus, we've touched on your preparation before. What 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 goes into your typical match preparation for a for a game? Yeah. What's, what's your typical week look like? Yeah, so look on a typical Super Rugby week, um, Monday, you know, Monday of the after the game is review. So we sit down, we watch the game, we do our own self review, um, and essentially we code all our decisions. So penalties, we code them as easy to follow. Were they fifty fifty or were they incorrect? So we, we give them a you know kind of a a red, orange, green. Oh. Um, so you're highlighting your own mistakes potentially. Yep. Yep, hundred yeah. um, percent. We highlight that same for scrum. Easy to follow. Was it a fifty-fifty call or was it incorrect? So we go through and encode all our um, all of those. We then go through and pretty much code all our non-decisions. So all the times that we may have looked at something and then chosen not to blow the whistle and and why we played away. So yeah, generally, yeah, right. there's a bit of work around. Um, did I not see it? Um, should I have penalised it? Uh, what was I in good position? Um, or is this one that I'm like, it is a 50-50, so we're going to play through this. So we code all those. So a fair amount of coding on that we, that we do of our own game. Um, that then goes off to my coach, uh, Mitch Chapman, uh, yep. who's our national referee coach. And then Mitch and I will sit down on a Monday afternoon after I've done that review and, and basically then talk through how my review lines up with his timeline uh, and any questions that I've got or clarity that I need from him. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the review process. So really detailed kind of analysis of our own own game. Um, we then upload uh, any questions or kind of clips that we might have from the game that are good learnings for our wider referee team. So they go up onto an online platform and then everyone kind of jumps in and comments on whether they think good decision, right decision, what did we learn? Yeah, right. Then we have a phone hookup as a full re- Super Rugby referee team on, on Tuesday. Uh, and we discuss kind of any areas of the game as a group that we might be falling short of. So over the last That's few Kiwis weeks, as well. yeah. That's the Kiwis as well? Yeah, Kiwis as well. Yep. Yeah. So yep. over the last week, the kind of um, shift mall obstruction has been a bit of a hot topic oh, yeah. with, with us yep. as referees and teams, just trying to get a better understanding and a better compliance around some of that. Um and then after that meeting, once you've got your clarity on any of the clips that you weren't sure about from the group, you then send your review off to the two teams. So total transparency yeah, um, right. to the two teams. So the two coaches of the two teams, we email off our review. Um, 
and then we give them the opportunity to to basically then have a discussion with us around um, anything that they require. So we, we've tried to, I guess, flip the model a little bit and for the referee team to be way more proactive and on the front foot going yeah. to the teams rather than us just sitting back and going, well, yeah. you come you come to us yeah. if you've got issues. So, and the good thing about that is, is that when you do make an error, you, you put your hand up for it. Um, yeah. And if it's a significant error, well, you call the coach and say, look, on review, that was wrong, you know? Well, um, it's, the nature, right. it's the nature of the game that there's going to be errors because there's so Absolutely. much work. Um, is part of the improvement, and it sounds like you're, you know, obsessed with improving uh, as, a, as a group, uh, is part of that uh, being in the right places? And how do, you, so how do you learn to be in the right place as a referee? Like, where is that sweet spot? Yeah. Look, look, part of it, Harry, is just about, like, finding – finding that spot where you're not too close but you're not too far away and yeah. you're anticipating kind of like where the contest is going to be and getting on the right side of that. So we talk a lot in refereeing about our running lines, in and out of breakdowns, our entry into breakdown, entry out of breakdown, where we're standing at the line out, where we're moving to once the mall's set. Mm. So yeah. we do a lot of – there's a lot of kind of – uh, detail around our positioning and nine yeah. times out of ten most of the errors you make are, are either positionally related yeah yeah or you just were looking at something else um you know w when that happened yeah. you know so um yeah there's also yeah. the danger like in tennis yesterday where you decide the ball's out before it's out <laughs> you can lock in almost on a, on a call i mean like you know you're not trying yeah, to be yeah. bad but you just you lock in yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and sometimes you lose where the ball is. Like there was a there was a great example. <laughs> like I, I think the first uh, second scrum maybe in the game Waratahs Reds on the weekend. Like uh, the, it was a Waratahs feed. The ball went in, and the Waratahs had actually like won it back to their lock. And the scrum started to turn around. And I said to the number nine Jake Gordon, "I'm like, mate, use the ball." But what I didn't see is that it had ricocheted off the number eight for the Waratahs and gone all the way back through the tunnel and came out the oh, red right side. Man, I just had no idea where the ball was. Yeah. So yeah, with, right. with sometimes with so much going on, you, you just you just lose the ball. You, um, that brings up, you do tend to use numbers, I think, when you're talking to players instead of the first name. Barnes is more of a first name kind of guy and he speaks French right. and whatever else he's doing. But uh, you about try to keep... Languages. Puts us all yeah. to shame. <laughs> 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 Do you try to keep it more like a formal thing, you know, numbers and keep a distance? Yeah, look, I've always used the numbers. Um, I like to use, the, the obviously, the captain's first name. I think that's a good, yeah. you, you yeah. know, I'd expect him to use my name as well. So I think there's a good mutual sign there. But um, I guess the thing is, is if you use one player's name, I think the expectation is, is that you then have to use everyone's name. Yes, yes. And, mate, yes. I'm not that clever enough to learn everyone's name. <laughs> Um, yeah, mate, yeah. The, uh, I've got a few referees, um, you know, who, who are friends of mine over at Rugby League, and they spend a lot of time memorizing, mem you know, names of players because they yeah. use first names. So they might be doing a training session and the, make the flip cards come out with players' faces on them, and they've got a name, yeah, right. Um, and wow. you, you think, you know, it's not just the 15. You know, it's not just the thirty players on the field. You then got the seven subs, so you've actually yes. got to memorize, you know, you know, 44, uh, 44 names. So yeah, uh, yeah, and you could have players a, coming in late. Yeah, 
as a referee, would you prefer to have? I know Brett's very much against having names on the jerseys, but as a referee, is it helpful? No, the numbers just stick out way more than the names. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what yeah. numbers. What numbers are for? Yeah. <laughs> totally. totally. It's, it's really interesting you mentioned your your, your league colleagues because I was I was wondering how much you know, match officials th- th- across the sports actually do compare notes because yeah yes yes the games are different yes the sports are different in a lot of cases but seeing the moment and, and making a decision in that moment is still that's universal isn't it yeah absolutely yeah um look it, it was great at the end of last year i went in and spent a day with the with the nrl refs out at um out at the out at the stadium and it was just really yeah. interesting to look at how they train um, how they approach review and preview and how they meet as a group. And, yeah, I mean, look, I guess as officials, you know, it's, it's sometimes a lonely sport. So the more you can yes. learn and have, have the support across codes is, is super beneficial. So, yeah, it was a really yeah. interesting experience. Yeah. There, there must be – and you've just, you've just said the key word lonely there. Dan McKellar said the same thing to us last week, that, that yeah. if you get into coaching, you've got to love it because it is lonely. And the only lonely a person – involved in rugby than a coach is probably the referee in reality. Totally. Which surprises me why referees and coaches aren't more friends. <laughs> <laughs> We're both lonely together. There's no reason why we couldn't, you know, catch up more. It's a, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. I'm just writing down lowly together while we, whilst, <laughs> whilst we're going. Just what do you find the hardest area of rugby to officiate and, uh, and what's your least favourite law in rugby? Great question. Great question. Look, the, the hardest area is the scrum, no doubt. Yeah. Um, and it's the it's one of the areas where we, we, we spend most of our time analysing and trying to understand. And I think, you know, over the last few years, we've been really lucky across Super Rugby to have dedicated scrum coaches, ex-scrum coaches. Mm. So we started off, you know, probably uh, probably seven years ago, we had Bali Swat, the ex-Springboks um, Rugby World Cup winner um, as part of our coaching team. And he would analyse every single scrum from every single game and put that up on a playlist so that us as referees could go through our game and get an opinion from Good. an yeah. absolute um, dedicated scrum scrum coach. So yeah. we're very lucky at World Rugby. We've had a few different people. At the, at the moment, we've got Mike Cron, who's um, yeah. a dedicated resource, uh, ex-All Blacks, um, you know, scrum coach. Yeah who, again, analyzes every single scrum, um, you know, camera side and reverse angle as well. So we get we get the broadcast side and the reverse angle. So he looks at both sides for us, um, tells us what we should be looking at, you know, gives us some guidance around the decisions. Um, and we've actually, you know, we're, we're, we're using experts now, which is yeah. great mm. for referees. So we're, we're getting experts into our, you know, into the tent and trying to help us because... That only benefits the teams and the game, yeah. and that's the most important thing. And yeah. it would be fair to say that scrums is probably the one area that you all lacked experience in as players. Absolutely. And you all played the game at some level, obviously. But yeah, I, and I, I don't think <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's any front row referees, Brett. Yeah, no, there's no, no ex front rowers that are running around refereeing. I, so. I remember, um, I remember interviewing Nick Berry about the week before his first NRC game, and yeah. he only started refereeing maybe 15 months before that. Like he'd gone from, yeah. from fourth grade in Brisbane to, to NRC in a bit over a year. And and I remember saying to him, 
how much work are you doing on scrums? And he went, oh, so much. Yes. Still, so much. He breakfast, said, oh, you know, lunch, and dinner. Scrums yeah, are breakfast, exactly. lunch, and dinner. Yeah, exactly. So much. It's just, it's, you know, oh, for, for, for his whole playing career, he just went, yeah, scrums, feed the ball, easy, all of yeah. a sudden. And and Brett and Harry, as you know, like sometimes it's it's both teams. Like sometimes it's genuinely just a bit of both. Um, yeah. So yeah, super difficult. So interestingly, on that, the the one law that I would change, Harry, relates to scrum. I reckon the referee should feed the ball to the scrum. Oh, everyone that's talks it. about everyone talks that's about it. scrum scrum feed yeah. not being straight. Everyone talks about the game being a contest. I reckon you get rid of the nines and you put the nines and say, you've got to stand at your number eight. And yeah. I'm going to stand in the middle and I'm going to call the scrum in. No one can push. And then I'm going to feed it in the middle. And then it's a genuine hook in contest and pushing contest. So you had me at get rid of the nines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, apart from that, obviously stupid idea. <laughs> but that's, that's really interesting. That's like, it's, that's been thrown up as an idea before, but, that's the first time I've heard a referee say we should absolutely do this. Yeah, That's I reckon awesome. I reckon it'd make the scrum a really interesting kind of facet of the game. It, absolutely, not that it already isn't, but I think it'd just create a huge amount of. It would, it would become a genuine contest. It wouldn't yeah. just be we're going to feed this to win penalty. It would become genuine contest. There, there would have to be skill to hooking, no doubt. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, and look, you know, it's it's not uh, it's not foreign. You look at AFL. The AFL umpires yeah, restart their game with a bounce, and that's a yeah. contest. And they practice their bounce. Uh, yeah, so the only um, NBA yeah. they have the tip the tip off in the NBA the yeah. tip off. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. it's not foreign. Uh, it's not a foreign concept. You're you're not above getting your hands on the ball though. Is this just a move from you to try and get try and get more touches in a game? <laughs> I want to go back to playing. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> no, it'll be great is if you do that idea and there's a, something goes wrong and it's the World Cup, the final, and you have the oh, TMO. Yeah. You, that oh, TMO yeah. is adjudicating yeah. whether your your uh, yeah. your feed Scrum was feed straight. Angus, we need to reset that one. That one yeah, was not straight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. How did you get into refereeing? I'm, I'm intrigued to know this. You obviously played the game as a, a as a as a younger as a younger man. You went to a um, a good, strong rugby school in, in Sydney, sure. Um, how did you get into refereeing? Yeah, look, um, I got I, I had a back condition called Sherman's disease that was – I had a lot of kind of back pain as I was going through, um, you know, through puberty. And mm. um, my back was, was – was like, you know, I'd wake up and it was in a world of hurt every day. And uh, they, they diagnosed it as, a, as kind of this disease called Sherman's disease where your discs are kind of, um, you know, not as not – as, developed or as big as that yeah, they should right. be so you couldn't take as much impact so um basically they said look you're at risk playing rugby uh and i remember walking into the specialist and he was like mate you won't play rugby again take up fishing mm. um which was pretty <laughs> devastating for a for a 15 year old so yeah. um so look i was fortunate because i just absolutely loved the game um and just wanted to stay involved. And I was fortunate the school had a had a refereeing program, and and there yeah, was a teacher right. there, and he's like, "Mate, why don't you give it a go, um, and uh, and see what you think?" And uh, look, I'd hated it at the start. It was you know parents on the sideline yelling at me, and all these yeah. laws that I didn't know as a player, and yeah, it was tough. Like I was like, "Geez, this is this is this is hard going." And and it wasn't really until I left school and started refing senior footy that I really kind of 
found the passion for refereeing and more so yeah. just you're doing sub-districts rugby, um, low-level men's. And, mate, that invite me back for a beer and I was studying at uni and, mate, it was just a whole bunch of fun. Like there was yeah. young other young referees coming through. You could keep fit. Yeah, it was it was great. And, yeah, here I am. So Here you are. Yeah, the yeah. rest, as they say. Yeah. Um, the, the, obvi- the obvious question we were always going to ask you, and we do need you to name names, <laughs> who who are, who are the hardest players to handle? Oh well, TJ Perinara for sure. That, <laughs> that, 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 that's a given, right? Had it written um, down. Insert. I think he's here. the only player ever who's actually made me change the decision that I made. Yeah. Before. So and, and fair play, he was right. And, and, and right. here it was. He tapped the ball with his foot. No, no. <laughs> so at live, I thought you had tapped the ball. The TMO reviewed it before the kick, which yeah. is absolutely legal. Yeah, so he, you didn't, right. yeah, he didn't tap so the ball. Why is it their ball? There'll still be our penalty, wouldn't it? Uh, I don't tap the ball. Still our penalty. Why yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, someone give the whistle to TJ, please. <laughs> uh, so, so in that moment, is that is that one of those moments where you just got to go? Yeah, no, can't argue that. And I that's exactly what he did say. Yeah, just put my hand up. I was wrong and he was right and yeah. fair play to him. Yeah. How, yeah, how often does that come up now? A, a lot. And, and mate, it's, it's just a great part of the game, you know. Like, yeah, it is. He, he, he did it in the right manner. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it, it, yeah, I think that's special about rugby, that you can have those moments, you know. It's a very yeah. interesting point, and maybe it was covering your psychological profile. But, uh, <laughs> you know, being a really good referee, there's a certain amount of humility. It's not just the, you know, my way or the highway. I decide everything. I think uh, the best referees, uh, they do let, I think Jonathan Kaplan put it, let the game breathe. Yeah. And yeah. they realize they're there to orchestrate something for these players, not uh, to take too much of the limelight. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, look, if no one's talking about us at the end of the game, then, then you know, you've it's, done the job. You, you've done the yeah. job, you know, uh, and, and that's what we're aiming for. We, we don't want to be the center of attention. We, we don't want to. You know, obviously your role is, you know, if you have to be, you have to be. Um, but but certainly the intent is to let the players play and facilitate the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. Mate, look, it's been it's been an absolutely fantastic chat. Like this has gone in absolutely no time at all. We've yeah, been wow. sitting here nearly, <laughs> nearly, nearly an hour. We could keep firing questions at you for another couple of hours, but we won't do that to you. Thanks so much time, so much for, for giving up some, some time for us. And look, best luck for... World Cup selection. I'm just going to hit refresh and make sure we're still not going to get that chance. <laughs> yeah, my phone to hasn't break, gone off yet. Break news. Sitting right here, so no, we're still pending. Sorry, yeah. no, no breaking news. But look, no, thanks, thanks very much, Angus. It's been absolutely fantastic to have a chat to you. No, pleasure, boys. Thanks for having me, and um, you know, great to be on the podcast. Awesome. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Harry. The roar. Harry, fantastic to have Angus Gardner on the pod. Uh, was just such a great chat. I really, really love that. Yeah, I don't. So I, don't, I really don't believe in cynicism, and I think we get sometimes too cynical in rugby, where yeah. the appointments are announced. You go, oh, so I know he's going to win. This is rubbish. These people are really trying to work hard. I do like the fact that he's clearly acknowledging there's an error rate, and that yeah. they're trying to work on, inside that. Um, but I, I think I was actually surprised at how much work they do do if that's the right sentence um yeah. post-match i really i didn't know the level to which the, they the review process yeah yeah that <laughs> review process is that's full on like can you imagine can you imagine putting through your your own self-analysis and handing it into your referees coach and him going 
sorry, mate. We've no, watched, never, we've watched different games. I, I just, uh, I don't like to have that much self critique. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that'd be that'd be that'd be full on. So no, we certainly wish um, we certainly wish Angus Gardner uh, all the best in uh, in the Rugby World Cup selection. And knowing our luck with the pod, it will come out after we hit stop on this and before you start listening to it. So if that's the case, congratulations, Angus, or commiserations accordingly. Uh, URC quarterfinals uh, on the weekend just gone, mate, and we've touched on. A couple of the results. Uh, certainly, Connaught beating Ulster was that was a big one. That was full on, and uh, there were some really interesting cats out there. Obviously, your friend Mac Hansen was out there, but Connaught had to just defend, defend, defend. At the end, I think the scoreline was pretty fair, but it was really good watching. Yeah. I, mean, I, I I tweeted it out that I kind of honestly enjoy that kind of fifteen ten game as I did much say that. As a, or more than a thirty four thirty two because it means so much. Uh, the the defense was connected, goal line stands. I loved it. Yep. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So Connaught beat Ulster 15-10. Stormers, uh, as you mentioned, beat the Bulls 33-21. Uh, Leinster thumped the Sharks 35-5. And then Munster beat the Glasgow Warriors 14-5 uh, up at the Scotston. So that, um, that was a couple of interesting results there. So the Stormers host Connaught in Cape Town. Leinster and Munster at the Aviva. Mm, I mean, that's, that's a semi-final for the ages, isn't it? That's going to be an absolute ripper. Yeah, you, you can imagine Munster is nothing, would love nothing more than to spoil that season. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the Super W final was played on the weekend. The Fijiana Drua have claimed back-to-back Super W titles with a 38-30 win over the Queensland Reds up in Townsville. Uh, the drill ran in 24 points in in 10 minutes in the second half to put the game out of reach, and uh, and it was a bit of revenge for for the for the Reds women uh, winning two or three weeks ago. So the Fijiana go back to back, and just congratulations to them. They had a um, had an up and down year. At one point, the hotel they were also the the restaurant they'd been eating at had to close the doors on because the the bills weren't being paid by by the Fiji Union, there was all sorts of things happening there. So to be able to get through all that, support of the community wherever they played, and uh, that's just a fantastic reward, isn't it? Super Rugby Round 12 this weekend kicks off with the Chiefs and the Reds in New Plymouth on Friday evening. That's followed by the Force and Drua over in Perth. Uh, Sunday, or Saturday, I beg your pardon. Now, on Saturday, it's three games back-to-back. The Hurricanes and Moana Pacifica in Wellington. The Crusaders and Blues in Christchurch will be an absolute ripper. Mm. And then the the Waratahs and Rebels in Sydney is going to be a fantastic game as well with absolute finals implications there. So will Crusaders-Blues, obviously. Uh, the round finishes out on Sunday with uh, Brumbies Highlanders in Canberra in the sunshine. And I just hope, mate, it's warm because Sunday in Canberra this week just gone wasn't very pleasant at all so i don't fancy being so you've been that. keeping your jersey and shirt on is what you're saying oh and many many layers above that <laughs> let me tell you yeah yeah i don't recommend locky lonigan goes for a topless run in canberra this coming sunday uh, on the tipping front mate um i trail by two we both got four out of six on the weekend and the gap to the gap between us is still seven what do you have to say for yourself no i've just been embracing the, the number seven um i've been uh <laughs> I've just decided that's my fate. No matter what yeah. I do, it comes back to seven, seven, seven. But if I could just trip away one per week from now on, I catch you. Yeah, so my goal. If you chip away one per week between now and then, we finish equal. Yeah, perfect. 
<laughs> for pod harmony. Oh, how good. A uh, little bit of news the last seven days. Scotland forward Johnny Gray is in serious danger of missing the Rugby World Cup. Uh, wow. Dislocated his kneecap um, in Exeter's 47-28 Champions Cup semi-final loss to La Rochelle last weekend. Um, former World Rugby Chairman Bernard Laposere has died at the age of 75. He was the uh, he was the World Rugby Chairman from 2008 to 2016, uh, President of the French Rugby Federation from 1991 to 2008. Uh, he transitioned the old IRB into World Rugby and, among other things, was instrumental in Seven's readmission to the Olympics. So um, that's certainly a, a loss for the game. Uh, on the on the signing and recruitment front, I think the big news I this week was that Nick White might be on his way to the Western Force. And I mean, as a wow, as a it's, it's a, I mean, great that he'd stay in Australia, but it's a real shame that he'd have to leave the Brumbies to do it. There'd be, there'd be something just not right about seeing Nick White. Uh, you would miss him so much. I oh, I would. I absolutely would. I absolutely would. He's he's uh, he's been been a great guy. John Plumtree heading back to the Sharks. Back again. Coach. Is that his third stint as Sharks yeah. coach? Yeah, it's he just they keep pulling him back in. Yeah, can't can't get away. Uh John Mitchell will take over as Red Roses coach, the England England women's team, and that's and that's actually going to be a program with a bit of scrutiny on it now because there's expectation. I mean, there's always expectation about English rugby, but they are top of the tree, and the expectation will be that he keeps them there, isn't it? Yeah, and in coach fighting, John Mitchell might be a shout for the. He has great reach, and um, I like the way he looks. I think he'd be he might be a good fighter. <laughs> yeah, now I follow. Now I follow. Uh, one of the uh, one of the great reactions to last week's pods wasn't it? Uh, was Dan McKellar being relieved that? Brad Thorne was moving on. <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, one of the greats. Uh, Julian Savia uh, scored a double against the Drua last week, and that drew him level with Israel Folau on 60 Super Rugby tries. So he'll be trying to claim that record for himself against Moana Pacifica on Saturday afternoon. Um, and a final one, mate, Quade Cooper um, played 40 minutes in uh, Kintetsu's First leg promotion game win over the Riasu D-Rocks, speaking of Israel Folau. So uh, another step back for, for him on the on the, uh, on the the Wallaby front. Uh, and that is us done then, mate. Episode 61 of the Raw Rugby Podcast. Don't forget Harry and I are both on the socials. And if you're following Harry, you've been just inundated with pod content of late. Uh, long may it continue. Uh, if you can, please do leave us a rating or a review on your pod platform if it allows it. Um, again, the reviews just and ratings flooding in over recent weeks, and we appreciate them all. Um, do like, follow, subscribe as well on your pod platform of choice, and just make sure you see every new episode as soon as it goes live every week. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay, and Harry Jones every week on theraw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite rugby analysis, opinions, and conversations. Thanks for listening. We're back in your ears next week. Come engage with us. That's my referee homage. I see what you've done there. <laughs>